Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. This was the Word spoken to the church by the prophet Houdini. Turn the lights on. I just wanted to have a little bit of fun this morning, try to switch it up, amen? Some of you guys in here know the song. Some of you were in here grooving to it. Some of you are old enough to remember the song, Don't Raise Your Hands. Praise God. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs 17 and 17, and as you're Turning your Bibles there, we can look on the Sky Bible, but I just want to say something that I'm very excited about because I may forget Um, two things. Number one, uh, I just want to wish a happy birthday to mi hermano, mi amigo, my friend, my brother, Brother Carlos, happy birthday. (laughs) Praise God. You can cash app him at, I'm just joking. If you guys would just show some love to him, he's, he's been a faithful friend and a uh, brother to us and the church, the Building Christian Fellowship. So I wanted to honor him where honor is due. Um, I also want to say that next week, you guys don't want to miss, next week, August 15th, it's August 15th, we have, yeah, next Sunday, we have a special messenger coming to preach to us on Sunday by the, past, by the pastora Nora Macias. She's going to be here. She's fire, y'all. Fire. Fuego. Muy caliente. It's hot. So you guys, you guys want to be here. Bring your friends. And I'm just really excited about our friendship with Casa de Orazon across town. We love them tremendously, and they love us too. So amen. It's just nice to have a friend. Proverbs 17 and 17. Excuse me. A friend loveth sometimes. All time? Okay. A friend loved at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loveth at all times. In todo tiempo, ama el amigo. And a brother is born for adversity. Y el hermano has nacido para el tiempo de angustia. Now, before I continue today in today's message, antes de continuar con el mensaje de hoy, let's take a look what the, de- the definition of brother is. Echamos un visitazo a les La definición de, gracias, de hermano. The definition of brother in the Bible, la definición bíblica de un hermano es a man or a woman who devotes themselves to the duties of religious order without taking holy orders or while preparing for holy orders. Now, my understanding is un hermano es alguien que comparte el mismo padre. A brother is somebody that shares the same parent. 
Now, I know in some cultures here, we really believe in our cultures, our culture here in America, is that the designator of a half-brother or a half-sister is somebody that may share one parent but not both parents. You guys with me? But I was brought up, my mom brought, brought, brought me up this way. What makes a person my brother or sister is that we just share the same blood. It doesn't matter if they have both parents or they have one parent. Somewhere around in the line, we have the same blood. Do you know where I'm going? No existe la mitad. O lo eres, no lo eres. Whether we have the same mother or the same father, the same father, different mothers or the same mother or different father, we are still related because of the blood. Now, as I studied this scripture, it brought about a conflict in my spirit. Siempre pensé que un verdadero amigo cercano se converte en familia. I always thought that a real close friend becomes uh, more than a friend when we bring them into our family. Amen. You say it all the time. I know this person, we've been knowing each other all our lives, and now that we are friends, you know, we're friends, now you're more than a friend, you're family with me. But Proverbs 17 to 17 says this, a brother is born for adversity. Some say that when people go through adversity together, it creates brotherhood. Some of our people here that are in the military, you guys already know. You've, you've had all kinds of, of friends, and then after you go through something you know, strenuous like in war or you're deployed, you get people for life. You get friends for life. And now they're not friends anymore. You say, these are my family. They're my brothers. You guys with me? But I beg to differ. You guys follow with me on this. I really beg to differ. No one person can bring adversity on you like family members. I knew somebody I would get with somebody because let's think about it. Nobody brings more adversity on you than family members. A stranger cannot betray you. Did you catch that? A stranger can't betray you. Why? Because they're a stranger. They don't know you. If somebody you don't know lies to you, you're not offended. But let your brother or your sister lie to you or do something wrong to you, you're broken. It's funny how there are, there's a trend of people falling away from church because of church hurt. <laughs> the same thing that drew us to church is the same thing that ran us out of church. <laughs> you guys look at me like, wait, what would you mean? The same thing that drew us to church, which is the people, are the same people that make you mad and make you run from the church. But they're supposed to be my brothers and sisters, mi hermanos, mi hermanas. But these are the same people we call brothers and sisters, but these are the same people that to this day, because people don't agree, because you're on the right or you're on the left, because you're Democrat or you're, you're uh, um, Republican, of that other, the other one. Maybe you're a Tea Party or I don't know. 
but you will be offended by people because they're your brothers and sisters. When it comes to the body of Christ, we get this false sense of security, thinking because we are now brothers and sisters, people won't do anything to hurt us. That's wrong. Can I just, can I just share something with you guys? Let's put this in your understanding. There are people in this church. There will be people in this church that will offend you. You don't want to hear that. People leave the church because other people offend them. And they blame the people at the church. And you go, I don't like those, that church. I don't like those people because they, they offend me. Well, were you offended the last time you were at Walmart because of the prices? You still go to Walmart. Some people are like, I don't go to Walmart. <laughs> you can go to Rayleigh's. I don't care who it is. Just because we're family doesn't solidify love and protection. You guys catching me with this. Love and protection. We really think just because somebody's my brother or my sister that they must love us. You with me? Or they'll protect us. Right now in your mind, and I'm saying to all of you, you're like, but that's my brother. Of course he should protect me. That's my sister. Of course he should protect me. But guess what? Can I say it again? Nobody else will bring adversity on you like a brother or sister. Nobody will offend you more than a brother or a sister. But somewhere in our mind, in our thinking, we start thinking that just because somebody's a brother or sister, that that equals love and protection. Some of us right now may have a father that has other kids. You've never met them before. Think about it. But you never have no relationship. You don't have relationship with them. Does that mean that they're your brother and sister still? Or does it not? Think about it. I'm going to help you guys out. Let's talk about family members. Because nobody can bring more adversity on you than a family member. And if you don't know what I mean, let me help you out. It was Abel. Oh, let me put it this way. It was Abel's brother, Cain, that slew him. The lamb was too small for Abraham and Lot. It was Esau's brother, Jacob, that tricked him out of his birthright. It was Joseph's 11 brothers that threw him in the pit and sold him into slavery. It was David was overlooked and forgot about by his family and his dad. Amnon violated his sister, Tamar. And you guys know about Martha. She was a tattletale. She's dry snitching on Mary. (laughs) Do I need to keep going? Either way you look at it, a brother or sister has been born for adversity. So if I may, I wanted to take this a little bit step, this this step a little bit further about the use of brother and turn and make, let us look at what the scripture says. As we look back at our scripture, this is what it says. Proverbs 17 and 17. A friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. A friend is someone you can trust. 
A friend is someone who understands you. A friend accepts you for who you are. A friend is someone that's in your corner. A friends are equals no matter what social or economical position you have. Friends never cross boundaries. A friend is somebody you're in agreement with. Friend, like a lot of other words, have become so impotent, not important, but impotent, it has lost its true meaning. Facebook, for example. Let's talk about Facebook. Let's talk about um, Instagram. We look and we go, man, I look at my worth based upon how many friends I have. You guys with me on this? We have gotten this, this, this whole mindset of friendship messed up. If, if people really like me because they people will follow me, sounds like... Yeah. Jesus said, follow me. Maybe he was also saying, follow me if, because I'm your friend. We'll talk about it in a second. But people will follow you, but they're really not following you. They just want to see your business. And the moment you mess up, you get unfollowed. You get unfriended. You know what Facebook is all about. Let me help you with your vocabulary. A friendly is exactly that. A friend is a friend. There is no such thing as your worst friend. There are names for people that are less than friends. And we should honor people by giving them that title. Don't sit down and look at somebody and go, man, I, you're my bad friend. They're a bad friend. <laughs> Think about that. How are you going to call somebody a friend? A friend, a bad friend. No. There's words for bad friend. You Either you're a friend or you're not a friend. Either or. Let's talk about some of these titles that we need to give to people that aren't under the friend vocabulary. Number one, acquaintances. Acquaintances. An acquaintance is a person with whom one has been in contact with but who is not a close friend. It's a knowledge of a person or a thing. That's an acquaintance. You guys know there's people around that you say, I do this with my kids all the time. They go, well, Dad, can my friend come over? Like, I ain't never even heard him. Well, I met him yesterday. You, that's not your friend. They're an acquaintance. You may have briefly shook their hand, but that's not a friend. Look, look at this. In, in Isaiah 5, I'm gonna, I'll explain this. Isaiah 53 and 3. And I'll read, I'll read this to you. It says, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We're talking about Jesus here. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of many sorrows, and he was acquainted with grief. I need to explain this to you. He was acquainted with grief. He was acquainted. It didn't say he was friends with grief because a lot of us become best friends with grief. The difference what do I mean? 
We get so lonely that we have grasped and held on to our grief in our life so that it's our best friend. We, you, got, you guys, you can, does anybody know anybody that they, all they ever do is talk about how they're just having bad times? Every time you talk to them, it's just a bad time. It's, uh, I got this problem. It's like, I don't want to hear that anymore. But it says that Jesus was acquainted with grief. He knew who grief was, but he, he decided not to be friends with grief. He was acquainted with grief, but he wasn't friends with it. Yeah, I know about grief. I may see them every once in a while. Yeah, I know their face, but I refuse to be friends with grief. Acquainted. Acquaintances. That's number one. Number two, this is another person that we shouldn't be calling friends, but they be called them associates. Associates. They're closely connected as in a function or office with another. We are associated with other Christians because we have something that connects us, who is Jesus, but that connection doesn't automatically produce relationship. How many people here know Tim Strong? He, he goes to Liberty Church. Anybody know him? I don't know who he is. I just said his name. He's part of the body of Christ, but he's associated with the body of Christ, but you don't know him. He's still an associate. Why? Because we're connected through Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 and 16 says this, from whom the whole body was just fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself. Now, I don't know why I put that scripture there, but it made sense somehow. Why did I say that? Because we're talking about body parts. When I say finger, you associate my finger with my finger hand. You associate the finger with the hand, but you don't associate your finger with your foot. But it's still all part of the body. Did you guys catch that? Associates, they're not friends. You know them by name. You know they're a part of the body, but you don't connect them in certain relationships. The only relationship that there is between my hand and my foot is that it's a part of the body, but they do different things in the body. They're associates, constituents. Did I say that right? <laughs> Connected by title, position, or function, but not emotion. Let me say that again. Connected by title, position, or function, but not emotion. Now, I do feel sorry for people, people that need, I could pray for them and everything else, but there's no res emotional response to people that you're associated with. Do you guys get that? You may have, man, I really feel bad about it, I feel, but you really have no connection with an associate, emotional connection. You see that somebody's sick or somebody's hurt or something like that. You feel sorry for them, but you don't have no emotional connection like you do with a close friend. Now, here's the third. It's an ally. How many people need allies in their lives? There's a problem. 
An ally is a group of people that you are a person that unites another person to obtain a common goal. The problem with an ally is once the common goal is achieved or once they get what they want out of the union, they usually become enemies. Allies. As long as you guys are fulfilling each other's needs, everything is cool. But now once the need is met by one or both parties, they usually become enemies. We've seen that. Well, we'll go back to World War II. And after World War II, what happened? USSR, Russia was our ally. And then what happened? They became our enemy. We had a common goal. Once a common goal was met, we became enemies. This is what happens to people in our lives. Some of us are like, man, yeah, you might be in a business adventure. And you're like, man, I'm in a business venture with my friend. They're not your friend. They were just your ally. Because once even, oh, I can say this about everybody here. Some of us think that other people are allies when really you're the ally because you were just trying to get what you wanted out of the relationship you had with that person. And once you got what you wanted, you back away because now maybe that same person is your competition. Psalms 41 and 9, it says this, Even my ally in whom I trusted, one eating bread, made great the heel against me. That was David. People that were with David, he called them my friend, my ally. But as soon as they was done, as soon as things got, you know, as soon as Israel won a couple of wars, then all of a sudden, boom, people that he used to eat with, people that he loved, people that he called my brother, that was his ally, turned around and became his enemy. You wouldn't call that person a friend. They're just an ally. So what we start to start seeing is, Looking at these three definitions to, at, for people is, you're not my acquaintance, you're not my ally, you, you're not my, um, what was the other one? Associate. Make sure you call people that which they are, instead of giving them the title of friend. Mm. Amen, Pastor. Okay. Listen, as we see, a friend is so much more than an acquaintance or an associate or an ally. A friend is one in close relationship with you. A friend starts off as a brother and transitions into a friend. A friend starts off as a brother and transitions into a friend. My brother... My physical brother, he's been my brother all my life. We haven't been friends all my life. Can I just be honest? He was my hero. I looked up to him, but I regretted my brother because he used to beat me up and stuff. But as I became an adult, I I became friends with my brother. And me and my brother are like best friends. We talk about everything. We, we cry together. We talk together because we went past being blood. We went past being brothers and became friends. A friend starts off as a brother and transitions into a friend. A brother is from relation and a friend is from relationship. 
The love of a brother is phileo, and the love of a friend is agape. Phileo love is the, I love you because we share the same blood. Agape love is, I will lay my life down for you. The love of a friend will cover you. The love of a friend will protect you. The love of a friend will build you up. I don't know about you, but I have enough brothers and sisters and not very many friends. I need friendships like David and Jonathan. I need friendships like, like Ruth and Naomi that say, I'm staying with you no matter what. Friends that will move past the crowd and carry me up to the rooftop and lower me down to get touched by Jesus. I want friends like the centurion that says, just send the word and my servant shall be healed. I need a friend that would carry me to the gate called Beautiful. I need a friend that would bring me into the waters while they're being troubled. I need a, a friend that will chase away all my accusers the way Jesus did for Mary that wrote something in the sand. That's the kind of friend I need. I need a friend that will lay down his life for me. That's the kind of friend that I need because I know that the Bible says this, no greater love than this, that a man will lay down his life for a No greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for a Get this into your heart. He didn't say a man that would lay down his life for a brother. He said, I will lay down my life for a And if God is our example, we ought to do the same. We ought to lay our lives down for our friends, not just our brothers and sisters. This is all about relationship, real, relevant relationship. The problem with us today is we see Jesus as a friend, but we treat him like an acquaintance, an associate, or an ally. Stick that in your heart somewhere. We're acquainted with Jesus because we pass by him every once in a while. We mention his name when we're at, in our prayers, but you really have no connection with him. He's an associate because I go to this club called church. I don't serve, I don't, I don't give, I don't do anything else, but I still come to the church and I hear a good concert. I hear them say the name. We lift the hands up. Same way we do at any other concert. Because we associate ourselves with that name. We're associates with it. Or he's an ally. Because we have binded ourselves together because you needed something. In the moment you get what you want, Remember what I said happens to an ally? You become an enemy. Not that Jesus is your enemy. It's that you become an enemy to God. Because there's no real relevant relationship. In my closing, 
Bible says this. A man that wants friends must show himself friendly. Proverbs 17 and 17, once again. A friend loveth at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 18.24 says this, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Watch this. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm sorry that your best friend for the rest of your life, your best friend, you go, well, they're family. They're, they're my brother. No. Jesus himself said, I am your friend. And I stick closer than any of your brothers. We see all throughout the Bible how brothers and sisters have betrayed each one another. But Jesus said, when my mother and father forsook me, he was there. Why? Because friends are always there. Through the thick and thin, Jesus will be right there. But a man that wants a friend must show himself friendly. You must show yourself friendly, not just to your brothers and sisters, show yourself friendly to God. He is our example of what a friend should be because he was a friend to us while we were yet enemies. He endured the cross so that we could be in close relationship as friends. So today what I really wanted you guys to catch is, listen, no more will we tell or call people friends. We can't, we can't give people that title anymore because Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And when we see the example through Jesus Christ, we will start sticking close to our brothers and sisters, but we need to start in relationship being friends, I mean, being brother, I mean friends with our brothers and sisters. That's why we do growth groups. We've gotten to a, 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 a place in church where we just come every Sunday, we see each other, and that's it. Well, this is my brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're just associates. But when we do growth groups and we're together with each other and we're living and doing life together, not just on Sunday, but Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, this is when we grow together. And we're not being just um, friends. We're become, I mean, brothers and sisters, we're becoming friends, going past the blood, but going closer in relationship with each other. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Praise God. So I want to invite some of you guys that are here or aren't here. Please, please. This is the fifth week of growth groups. Fifth week. Maybe you haven't made one. Maybe you made only two. Get involved. 
This is for you. This is what God wanted us to do. He says it in the Bible, in the, in the book of Acts. He says that they continue together daily, breaking bread from house to house and in the church, having everything and all things in common. That was the, the vision that God had for the church, not just coming on Sunday, but growing together to have the support groups, to have people around us when things are tough or going wrong, when we're learning, because there's going to be, I don't want to get to this teaching, but for some of us right now, some of us may be a Paul's, some may be Timothy's, some may be Barnabas. What does that mean, pastor? Well, there's some people that are mature in the Lord. And then there's people that you're teaching, that you're mentoring, like Timothy. And then maybe you have an equal, that will, a person that will cheer you up. Because guess what? Even pastors need people to cheer them up. Those are Barnabas. I don't know where you fit, but you need to be all three of them. Because all three of those guys were friends. And that's what we need here in the church today. Amen? Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.